con- concluding our setup for our prayer ministry of 2019. A couple months ago, God laid on my heart that 2019 was going to be a year of prayer. That it was going to be a year that we were to go beyond just a Monday night prayer meeting. Monday night prayer meetings are great. They're awesome. They're not attended well enough, but they're great. And I'm as guilty as you. I haven't been to one in six weeks because I'm training my dog on Monday nights. Y'all are wrestling with the devil here, and I'm wrestling with the devil there, except my devil's got four legs. But but we, we understand that prayer is important. <clears throat> We say we believe in prayer, but yet over and over and over and over and over again, we find people that if they're truly honest, most of us, I didn't say you, I said us, most of us live our life praying over meals. God bless his food, or maybe you're not as serious like I sometimes fall in the trap of. Anybody ever been with me when I prayed over food? God bless it, heal it, raise it from the dead. Depending on what you're eating, that can be a scary prayer. We pray our bedtime prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. A bag of peanuts at my feet. If I should die before I wake, give them to my brother Jake. We, we pray... These formatted prayers, but we don't spend time interceding in prayer. We don't spend time immersing ourselves in prayer. Well, Pastor, that's your job. It don't work that way. It is my job, but not because I'm the pastor. It's my job because I'm a blood-bought saint of Christ. If you're a blood-bought believer in God, you need to learn how to immerse yourself in prayer. Prayer is going to become the focus of our church in 2019. I don't just mean that we're going to talk a lot about prayer. I mean we're going to preach prayer. We're going to teach prayer. We're going to train prayer. Everything we do is going to be about prayer. Let me tell you a few things that are going to happen this next year. In January, in January, the first Tuesday night of January, we'll have a leader's calendar meeting. The second Tuesday night, we'll have a pastor's council meeting. The third Tuesday night in January, the pastor's council will come back, but this time it won't be a meeting. We will come back and we will spend a season of prayer together praying for our church. In February, well, the first Tuesday night, we'll have a leader's calendar meeting. The second Tuesday night, we'll have a council meeting. The third Tuesday night, the leaders that were at the calendar meeting will come back for another meeting, but we won't look at a calendar. 
We will take that entire night and focus in prayer. Every quarter, four times through the year, the council will have seasons of prayer over our church. The leadership will have seasons of prayer over our church. I have asked the ladies' ministry to come up with a prayer time each month outside of their normal meeting time. I've asked the men's ministry to do the same thing, that we have seasons of prayer. We're going to take the first Sunday night of every month, and it is going to be our prayer night. And we're going to worship God. We're going to, we're going to sing praise. It's going to look just like church. But then when we're finished worship, instead of me preaching, we're going to have prayer, intercessory prayer. And for that meeting and for many of our other prayers, we're going to use these nine tables that you see set up around the church. We've got tablecloths being made for them right now. And, uh, and I know she's been working on those. We've got things that will be on each tablecloth. Some of the, on each table, some will be note cards. Some of them will be, will be uh, stickers. Some of them will be the, the, the salvation, lost loved ones. That will have a photo album. That will be there where you can bring pictures of your lost loved ones and we can pray over them. We're, we're going to have pictures of, uh, uh, as we talked about last time, we're going to have pictures of, of Curtis Silcox and David Tennyson and their monthly preaching schedule so we can pray for revival where they're at. We're, we're going to have pictures of our missionaries where we can pray for them. We're going to have pictures of our church leaders so we can pray for them and, and our community leaders and political leaders. We're going to have... Um, what else is back here? See, I got leadership. This one back here. You with me? Okay. This one back here is. Uh, I gotta look. Oh, this is families. We're gonna have. We're gonna have note cards and, and, and name tags where you can write your family name and we'll sit there and pray over the families, the, the Sandifer family, the D'Antonio family, the Hoover family, the Nations family, the, the, the Matosh family, uh, uh, all these family names. All those names are just out of our family. And I didn't even get into the Yanarellis and the, and the Derizios and Severinos and all those other weird names that are on her side of the family. Yeah, they are, actually. Um, but we're going to pray for our families. We're going to pray for deliverance. We're going to pray for miracles for our communities. We're going to pray uh, uh, for churches. We're going to have all these different things. And we'll pray five minutes at each table. Actually, what we'll do on those Sunday nights is we'll have five, every five minutes we'll have a, a signal a, uh, we'll have music playing. We'll have some way to, to let you know a, a, a chime, a doorbell. I don't know what we'll do. We'll have something. And you will be able to move to another table if you'd like. Or you may say, no, I really want to pray for the lost tonight. Or no, I really want to pray for revival. And you may pray the whole 45 minutes for revival. Or the whole 45 minutes for our communities. But as we pray 12 times throughout the years of church, now, I'm going to tell you something. This is not an invitation to take the first Sunday night of the month off. Because that's what happens in the church world. If you say prayer meeting, everybody goes, I'm going to stay home. I don't know how to pray. We're going to make it so easy anybody can pray. 
It's going to be so easy. Everybody can do it. From our youngest to our oldest. It's going to be simple. But it's going to be the driving point. Not only are we doing that. Not only is our council and our leadership going to be praying. The men and the women going to be praying. And we're still going to be doing our Monday night prayer meetings. But I'm also taking seven series throughout the year of 2019 that are going to talk about different types and different powers that come through prayer. So we're going to be preaching on prayer. Pastor, why are you doing this? Because the reason we've become anemic is we've forgotten how to pray. The reason we've allowed the enemy to rise up and let flesh drive the church is because we've forgotten to pray. The reason why all the... mm, The reason why that tonight we have 25, 30 people here, six years ago we had 60 people here on Sunday night. Six years ago we had on Sunday nights what we have on Sunday morning right now. You know why? Because people ain't praying. Come on. See, when we quit praying, we lose our commitment to church. Every one of you knows somebody that... Needs to be in church. They used to go to church here or someplace else that don't go anywhere anymore. You know why? Because they quit praying. It quit being important. And the church decided that we would say, well, I'll pray for you. No, I may pray for you, but until you learn to pray, you're going to be, you're going to be held up and you're going to be, you're going to become a target for the enemy and you will be weak in your stance because you don't have any strength from your prayer. The other thing that we're going to do, I'm going to talk about that then. So we're going to look at prayer. Tonight I want to tell you about the last four tables. I want to use as our scripture one of my favorite prayer scriptures in the Bible. So open your Bible with me. Second Chronicles chapter 7, 14. That was the weakest woo I've heard in a long time. It's just the Bible. Oh, do we need to do we need to talk about the power of the Bible? Oh, come on now. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 it says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that you would let that verse come alive in our hearts. Let that verse come alive in our spirits. Lord, use us for your glory to bring power and honor to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. These nine tables that I've set up around the building are more than just furniture. They're going to be a system by which we're going to teach you over the next year to pray. We're going to, it's going to be a system by which prayer becomes easy. An hour of prayer will seem like a moment. There are nine tables. Five minutes per table makes 45 minutes. How do you pray an hour? Well, the first thing you do 
is you pray the first five minutes, you come in and you just give God thanks. Thank you, God. You are a mighty God. You are a glorious God. How many of you believe you can find enough things to thank Jesus for for five minutes? For five minutes, after you've thanked him, you're going to praise him. You can do that with a song. You can do that with poems. You can do that even with reading of the scripture. How many of you believe that you can praise God for five minutes? Then for 45 minutes, you're going to pray. Each of these areas of intercession that we're talking about. And that will bring you to 55 minutes. And you know what you're going to do for the last five minutes? Quit telling God what he needs to do and start listening to what he wants you to do. It's the listen time. In an hour of prayer, in an hour of calling out to God, do we think we can sacrifice five minutes to keep our mouth shut and listen? Now, I'm going to tell you this is not the only hour a day you're going to pray or the only hour a week you're going to pray because some of you are not going to be satisfied with this prayer. Because there's going to be one thing missing from this prayer. There is no place in this hour of prayer where we will ask God for anything for ourselves. See, some of you, that's the only way you know how to pray. God, my life is horrible. You need to come in and you need to do this, that, and the other. It's time we quit telling God what he needs to do and we start asking God to do something for other people and let God do what he wants to do. Before I get into this tonight, let me recap where we were last month. We talked about the first table over here, which is prayer for the lost loved ones. This is where we pray for people to be saved. How many believe people can be saved? And you believe we need to start calling out. We need to start claiming them. We need to start saying, I believe that so-and-so is going to come to the Lord, going to come back to the Lord, going to find salvation, have their life changed. Right here is our leadership table. And we're going to pray. You're going to pray for me. You're going to pray for our overseer. You're going to pray for our mayor, our governor, our president. You're going to pray for leadership. That God would bless and anoint the leadership. This table back here is our family's table. I talked about it just a second ago. This is where we're going to ask God to bless our families. The closest to praying for something for us is going to be this table. God, send a revival in my family. But not only in my family, send a revival in Rick's family and in Mike's family and in Ann's family and in Howard's family and in Marilyn's family and Mark's family and Sarah's family. Send a revival, send a renewal in those families. I've got a few tables here in the middle that we're going to talk about tonight, but we come back over here on this side as we end up our 45 minutes of prayer if we start over there, and that's where I always start. This is going to be our prayer for revival. But we're not asking God for revival in this church. No, that's selfish. We're going to ask God for revival other places. My, my, my mindset, the thing that God laid in my, in my heart when I began to think about this, is that when we say we're going to have a revival around here, most of the time we think of two people, Curtis Silcox and David, David Tennyson. 
two of the greatest evangelists I know uh, in today's world. And I have talked to each of them. We'll have pictures of them on this table. And they are going to send me monthly their preaching schedule for that month. And so on that first Sunday night or whenever we pray these tables, we're going to come over here and we're going to pray for every church that they're in. God, send an outpouring of your power in those churches. And we're going to pray for revival in those places. If we pray for them, God will take care of us. And then this one that I've got is as my last table. You may start over here. I don't know. Maybe this is where you're supposed to start. I'm dyslexic, so I may be starting back, backwards. I don't know. But this is our missions table. We have pictures of all of our missionaries here. And we'll be able to take five minutes. You know, I can tell you, five minutes, it, it takes about, about uh, 50 seconds apiece to pray for our five missionaries. Right here. And that's five minutes. Six. Uh, well, you, you, may, you may spend two times. You can spend two hours, just double everything. And, um, and we're going to pray for our missionaries. But tonight, those are the, the five that we talked about last month. Tonight, in our last first Sunday night of 2018, I want to tell you about the other four tables. First, I want to talk about the table back here on this back wall. It's the deliverance table. I said that families may be the closest that we have to praying for ourselves. This may be the closest. We're going to pray for deliverance, but not just for ourselves, but for other people. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have several note cards, several name tags, name badges on that table. And many of them are already going to have some words printed on them. I can tell you a few of the words. Oh, one of them is going to have unforgiveness. And as you're praying, there will be some markers there. And as you're praying, if you say, you know what, I struggle with unforgiveness, I'm not going to ask you to write your name. I'm just going to ask you on that note card to put a, Put a little line. Just put a little hash mark. And when we get there, we're going to say somebody's struggling with forgiveness, unforgiveness. God, deliver them from that. There's going to be another one that's going to say greed. I struggle with greed. Mark that down. There's going to be another one that's going to say I've been struggling with low self-esteem. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I'm worthy. God, deliver them that. Just going to put a high smart. You don't have to put your name down. God knows. Now, all of those so far are things that, that a lot of times we don't want to verbalize, but we will. But there's some other ones that we don't verbalize. We're going to have one back there that's going to say probably just Addictions. I don't know, I may break it out. I may have an alcohol and a drugs and a food. Oh, did I say food? Yeah. We're asked for deliverance. I know there will be one back there that will say pornography. Statistics tell me that the pornography rate is no different in the church than it is out of the church. However, we don't 
We don't have many people who stand up and go, I'm struggling with pornography. But maybe if we can give a place that they can put a little slash, then maybe, maybe even for the first time, we can start praying against it. God, I want you to deliver them of that demon. And many women, as there's men nowadays, that's, the, that's very true. I, and, and we're going to have all these, all these scenes about the areas that we need delivered from. You know one of the problems we have? We can't move forward if we're chained to the past. You know, I used to preach a sermon. I don't think I've preached it here. I, I, I may have. Uh, I, if I did, it was early on. By the way, congratulations, church. You have survived six years today. Six years today, I've been your pastor. And... Um, Y'all have made it 50% longer than anybody else has. My longest stay before this was four years, and now I've made six. But, um, but uh, I preached a sermon back in the past, and, and I don't know if I preached it here. I know I preached it some other places about freedom. And, and in the sermon, I read the scripture where Jesus says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And when you read that scripture, the people go, what are you talking about? We are children of Abraham. We are always free while they're living in captivity. They were still free. And Jesus says, your freedom is bound by your bondage. And when I preached this in Delaware, we had a huge pulpit. And I had stayed behind the pulpit for the first part of the sermon. When I stepped out from behind the pulpit, I had a chain around my ankle, chained to the pulpit. And I talked about how that I was free as long as I didn't get to the end of the chain. And the truth of the matter is, that's the problem with the church. We are chained up. And we come to church and we go, oh, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. But we're not free of our unforgiveness. We're not free of our hatred. We're not free of our judgmentalness. We're not free of our greed. We're not free of pornography. We're not free of other addictions. We're not free of our gluttony. Oh, man, why does God keep making me talk about myself? And we wonder why we can't have complete victory. It's because we're walking around with chains on our feet. And God says, I want you to be free. And not just free a little bit, free indeed. If we can come together, and I may not know that I'm praying for you, but there's a hash mark on there. And I say, God, I know. I know that you can set whoever this is free of this situation. We can start battling against the bondage that is holding us back. And when we begin to fight against the enemy, all of a sudden, the chains begin to break. We sing the songs. We sing the song, Chain Breaker. We sing the song, I hear those chains breaking. Hear the chains falling. I'm going to tell you something. We sing about it, but are we living it? It's time that we take some time out of every prayer time. And we say, let's stand with each other. And let's ask God to deliver. 
Because I'm going to tell you something. When God delivers me and I get freedom, I get to lead us further. When God delivers you and you get freedom, you get even more. When God delivers you and you and you and you and you and you and you, all of a sudden we begin to walk with the victory. We begin to walk with the power, not just limited to the end of our chain run. My dog went out a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was last Sunday in the middle of the snow. And mine found out last Sunday my dog loves the snow. His breed is not supposed to, but he does. And I put him out on the chain. And once he got out in the yard, he'd dance around. And I don't know if he saw the wind was blowing, so he probably saw something falling. And that little hound dog thinks he's got to chase everything he sees move. And he went off at full blast, and I heard it pull on the porch. Boom! And I looked out, and his collar was broken, and he was gone. He snapped the buckle on a brand-new collar. You see... I want us to get to a place that there's so much of the power of God in us that when we go off chasing the Holy Ghost, that we get to the end of the chain, we just break the buckle and keep on running, keep on going. See, our problem is we've got to the place that the devil acts like Froghorn Leghorn. Some of y'all old enough know who I'm talking about. Big old rooster. And he had that dog that was always barking and yapping at him. And he'd go up and he'd take a two-by-four and hit that dog on the head. And then he'd run away. And he had a line in the, in the ground. And he'd stop. And that dog would run up. Because that dog was only free to the end of his chain. The devil beats us up. And we run after him. But then he stops and laughs at us as we get jerked back by the chain. But you know what happens when we get deliverance? The chain is broken. And when the devil stops, we overtake him. And we defeat the enemy in our life. Church, we need deliverance. So we're going to pray. Every hour that we pray in this system, we're going to pray at least five minutes for deliverance. From our bondages and from our, cha- from our shackles. Table seven, which is the table right over here. That's our church's table. Now, when we pray for our churches, we're going to pray for other churches. I've got a few, just a few of them here. There's Calvary Baptist Church up here. This is the United Methodist Church. Trinity Presbyterian Church. This church here is is either Turning Point or Bethel or Bradley's Church, depending on who you are. It has a lot of different names. Uh, This is New Life, Mount Zion. This is, uh, um, what church is that? Oh, I know what church that is. That's Crossroads Fellowship, Crossroads Family Church in Sedalia, Missouri. 
that's the church that Larry and Carol go to where Pastor Chris pastors. Uh, I couldn't find pictures of some of our other churches. Didn't have room for pictures of all the churches. I, I had several others. We're going to have a chance to pray for other, for other churches. Now, here's where I need your help. If you're out and about and you see somebody, you know somebody, maybe you hang out with people, maybe you have a friend that attends another church, do me a favor, ask them for a bulletin. Can I get a bulletin from your church? Can I get some information on in your church? I'm going to be gathering some as well. And on this table, it's going to be covered in bulletins and information sheets about Turning Point, about Life Point, Calvary Baptist, First Baptist, uh, uh, Cornerstone, Rock Church of Easton, which is the church Beth was raised in. Uh, Church of God churches, Baptist churches, Methodist churches, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 Trinity, um, uh, Presbyterian churches, uh, Episcopal churches. I don't care as long as they teach the Word of God. And we're going to have their bulletins and their, their, their visitor information sheets. There is no way you'll be able to stand at that table for five minutes and pray for everybody. And we're just going to be praying for, oh, man. And when you walk over there, all of a sudden, one may just jump off off the table at you. Oh, man, I, I just feel like I need to pray for Calvary Baptist Church today. And for five minutes, you just may pray that God touches Calvary. I need to pray for, for uh, I was going to say, uh, for Dr. Herchkin, Rob Herchkin, who just received his doctorate. If you know him and you see him, congratulate him. But uh, just received his doctorate. And I know he's, he's been going through educational training and, and all this stuff. And he's been here six years. He, he came just before I did. It's an amazing thing. When me, when I got to the state and I went to Ministerial Alliance meeting, me and Rob Herchkin were the two new guys. He had been here a few months longer than I had. Now when we go to the ministerial alliance meeting, me and Rob Herchkin are the longest-term pastors in the active ministerial alliance. Everybody else has changed pastors. I was like, I have never been the longest-term pastor anywhere. And, and, uh, but, but we're going to be praying. We're going to be praying for the Methodist church. We're going to be praying for, for 10th Street Baptist Church in Trenton. We're going to be praying for the Assembly of God in Trenton. We're going to, we're going to pray for the churches on our district, Abundant Faith in, in, in St. Joe, North St. Joe. We're going to be praying for the Savannah Church where Travis Darnell just took that church to be pastor in, in Savannah. We're going to be praying for the Savannah Church, churches that we have connections to, and we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for Mercy Church, not just the main one, but Governor Governor, where Sean Silkwood pastors. We're going to be praying for these churches. We're going to be believing God to do something spectacular in these churches. Pastor, why are we going to worry about what's happening there? Because, folks, if we're the only ones doing anything, we're missing most of the city. 
Let's not even take into account that we, as many of the other churches in our community, are, are, are what you would almost call destination churches. We're county churches. We have people from several counties, several cities, several communities. I'm going to talk about that in just a few moments. We have people from several different areas that come in here. But if we just looked at Chillicothe, we have almost 10,000 people in Chillicothe, and we've got 20-something of them here tonight. If that's all that's happening, we're missing it. And of 10,000 people, 14,000 people in Livingston County, if we think that all of them that want to know God are going to like my style, all of you don't even like my style. How are we going to get all of them to like my style? (coughs) But you see, there's other styles up here. You got churches that are Pentecostal. On this slide right here, we've got Baptist church. We've got a uh, 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 Presbyterian church. It's going to be much more structured. I don't even know how to say the kind of structure they have. They have structure. We we have. We have Mount Zion Church that, that reach a whole other culture than we reach. We have, we have up here, we have three Pentecostal churches up here. Well, four, but three in town. New Life, Turning Point, and us. And of those three churches, we have three different styles of Pentecost. You've got Turning Point, you, you have New Life, that make us look like Presbyterians. They shout from the time you open the door and quit shouting when you leave. Maybe. They, 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 man, they're fired up over there. Great pastor, great group of people over there. Man, they, and they know how to worship. And, and you got us, and we're, we, we, we like to be loud, and we like to hoot and holler, and we like to have revivals, and And I yell and scream when I preach and I pace around. And then you got Turning Point, who in my opinion has one of the greatest teaching pastors I know. And Bradley Baker. Bradley Baker usually not going to get up and yell and scream like I am. He probably can make it through a sermon with a with a hoarse voice easier than I can. But he's going to teach you something. He's going to take you somewhere. And he's going to show you, even in his quiet spirit, he's going to show you the power of Pentecost. And, 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 and just in our Pentecostal churches, we see different styles. So what, have I, what do I believe? I believe that we're stronger together. That's what I preached when Bradley went across town. So let's start praying for the other churches. Let's start asking God. God, I want you to show your power. I want you to show your anointing in the other places. Next one. Table number five, which is this table right back here. That's our healing table. See, that's the table where we're going to be asking God to give a new day. I live in a house that needs healing. I live in a house that needs healing. I'm asking God. I use this picture for that because if Beth, not if, when Beth receives her healing, it's going to be like a brand new day in our house. Everything is going to be different. 
I, I, we have visiting with us today tonight. Robert. Robert was sharing with me before church how that he had had a stroke and was in the hospital or was in a wheelchair. And he went and got prayed for on a Saturday and on Sunday. God spoke to him and said, get out of your chair. And he said he got up out of his chair and he's here tonight on a cane walking. See, that's, that's, that's healing. That's miraculous. That's what we're going to pray for. On that table, we're going to have more of those, those badges or, or, or cards. And we're going to ask you to write your physical needs down. I need healing from MS. I need healing from diabetes, cholesterol. I, I forget who I was talking to this morning. Maybe it was Ann. I don't remember who I was talking to. Uh, but, but I was talking about the fact that, that uh, um, I'm two years into taking cholesterol pills, blood pressure pills, blood, uh, blood sugar pills, uh, hurting feet pills. My grandmother, my grandmother used to walk around with, my grandmother used to walk around with uh, a big blue purse full of, full of all of her pills. We were leaving Branson the other day, and Mom and, when, was sitting in our room talking to us while I was packing up. And I was gathering all my pills, and I said, man, I need a big blue purse. I got more pills than I can shake a stick at. And, and it hit me the other day. I'm, I'm not quite 50 years old yet. When I'm 70 years old, I'm going to have 20 years of these drugs in my life. 20 years. We, we all know somebody who from medication, well, Sister Wanda just had, through medication, caused a problem. God, heal me. Or I don't need to take those pills. See, when we begin to see healing, when we begin to see healing, when God began to do miracles, when Christ began to, to let the lame walk and raise the dead and heal the lepers, the word spread. And people started saying, how did that happen? Well, it didn't happen just because it was Jesus. It happened because God gave his power through his son. You know, God will give the same power through us. I hear the stories on the mission field of people who are healed, who are raised from the dead. But here we won't even ask God to heal us unless it's a headache. And most of the time we... I may or may not have been guilty in the past of Beth coming to me going, Tommy, my head really hurts. And I'd say, well, take a couple of aspirin. If that don't work, I'll pray for you in a little bit. How crazy is that? But when we begin to believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ, we step over a threshold. And we start understanding that we don't have to live second rate. But we can be healed. Not just physically, emotionally, spiritually. We can be healed. We can be free if we'll just ask him to let us be free. The last table that I'm going to talk about is table number six. Table number six is this table that sits right between the sound booth and the camera. It's our community's table. This is where we're going to pray for our area.
I'm going to have back there on that table, I'm going to have a map of Livingston County, a map of Caldwell County, Davies County, Grundy County, Lynn County, uh, Carroll County, probably Sullivan and, 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 and is that Charlton? Sheraton. Yeah, that one. Uh, I, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have maps of these counties. We have people that attend our church right now. I know from Carroll County. Uh, I know from Davies County. I know from Grundy County. Pretty sure from Lynn County. Uh, I'm not anymore. I don't think we've got anybody. From, no, we do have Caldwell County. Uh, I don't think we've got anybody from Sullivan County, but we've got family in Sullivan County. Uh, uh, I know we've got Carrollton County. We've got people already in our church from many of these counties. But we're going to spend time praying for these counties. We're going to pray. And as you look at these maps back here, I want you to call out the towns and the counties. I want you to pray that God sends his spirit. You know, we, we've done this for years. We prayed from, from the, let me think where I'm at, north, the south, the east, and the west. Pull them in. We're going to do that same thing. Lord, send the revival in Grundy County. Lord, don't just fill up the churches there, but send some people from Grundy County to us. Let us reach even stronger into Davies County, into Lynn County, into, into Sullivan County, Caldwell County, Carroll County. Let, let, us, let us reach into these counties. Let us be a light. We need to be the light of this region of Missouri. I'm going to tell you, when you look at that map, if I'm not mistaken... Chillicothe is probably the largest city in that nine-county section of the state. Chillicothe is the biggest town. People drive into Chillicothe from most of that nine-county area, for a lot, from a lot of it, to go to Walmart, to go to Applebee's. Why not drive in to this town to hear the Word of God? to be ministered to, to be loved on by a body of believers. See, I would love, I would love eventually for us to grow to the place that we can have worship services here. But maybe our midweek service is a little different. Maybe we go to more of a home group system and we have a home group in Davies County and a home group in Grundy County and a home group in Carroll County. And, and, and they don't have to come all the way to Chillicothe. They can go to somebody's house there and they can hear the word of God and they can be connected I want us to pray for our communities. Our communities, our counties need God. We live in an area where people think that if they're good enough, that's all they need to be. And good is great, but good isn't saved. You have to accept Jesus Christ. We need to be the light of Christ in our counties. That's our nine tables. Five minutes a table is 45 minutes. 45 minutes of prayer. Now let me tell you the last thing we're going to do, and that's what we're going to start 2019 with. We're going to start 2019 with 52 hours of prayer in this building. 52 hours starting at midnight on Tuesday, January the 1st of 2019. 
I'm asking that somebody joins me. I'm not going to be here all 52 hours. But I'm going to ask that we come together. And we say, you know what, I can pray these hours. Praying at home is great, but I want us to pray here. I want us to set a standard here. I've got a couple of sign-up sheets up here. They have the day, Tuesday, January 1st, the time, midnight to 1 a.m., and a place to put your name. I've got a slot for all 52 hours. We'll start at midnight on Tuesday morning, and we'll finish up at 4 a.m. on Thursday morning. We won't have a Wednesday night service that night because we'll be praying. We don't have to just have one. We have three or four praying. Let me tell you what will happen. As you come in to pray, we'll have a room set up out here. The first room will be the thanks room. I'll have a sign on the door. You'll walk in that room. I'll have chairs in there. And all you do is thank God. I'm going to put a notebook in there and a pen. And I'm going to ask you to journal your thanks. God, I thank you for. Pastor, why do you want us to do that? Because when other people come in, especially some that, you know, may be wind up doing six, eight hours of this 52 hours, because there will be some of us that will do several hours of this. When we come in and, and we're thanking God, thanking God, we can pick up that journal. And when I see you thank God for something, I go, oh, yeah, I, I, Lord, I thank you for that too. Thanks is contagious. Oh, yeah, thank you, thank you. God, thank you for that. We're going to journal our thanks. Going to be in there for five minutes. I'll have a clock set up in there. You know, you can watch it best you can. If you're doing, I'm doing all this if you're doing an hour. You do it for five minutes. Then you're going to go into another room. And in that other room, I'm going to have a CD player. And I'm going to have a variety of different worship music. If you like hymns, there will be, we'll try to get a, a CD of hymns. If you like uh, a gateway worship, I'm going to try to get a gateway CD in there. I, I, I'm going I'm to have different kinds of music. I want you to go in there and just two or three songs, five minutes, just praise. Or maybe you just go in there and pick up the Bible and praise God through reading of the word. Or, 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 or maybe you go in and, and, and coming out of that Thanksgiving room, you know, there's more than one way to praise, right? You, you don't have to just sing. Maybe you, you, you get a piece of paper and a pencil and maybe you, you draw a picture, a picture of your praise. And, and, and just five minutes of praising God. And then you'll come into the sanctuary and you will pray each of these tables five minutes apiece. Five minutes apiece. Bring your watch, bring your phone, whatever. Each of these tables. They'll be 45 minutes. And then as you're ready to leave, we'll have another room back there set up that will be our quiet room. That room will have 
playing in it probably the book of Psalms, quietly playing. And I'm going to ask you to go in that room and just sit and listen. Listen to the word that will be read and from Psalms. Listen to your heart. Listen to the Lord. And in that room, there will be another notebook. And I'm going to ask you to journal what God's telling you. Again, as we get to the latter sides of this 52 hours, there will be opportunities that we can go in the quiet room and we can listen to God and we can look back and see what God's told other people. We can have a record. God may give some prophecies that will happen in 2019 and we will have it in writing. This is what God said. One hour, five minutes at each place. If you want to do two hours, Pastor, I can do two hours. Two hours is going to be just as easy, ten minutes in each room, and you got two hours. You go all the way through once and then go back through again, or you can just do ten minutes at a time. You'll be amazed at how easy this prayer will be. But can I tell you what doesn't need to happen here? In 52 hours, we don't need four people doing 52 hours of prayer. We don't need 10 people doing 52 hours of prayer. We really need 52 people doing 52 hours of prayer. We need 75 people doing 52 hours of prayer. There may be two of us in here at a time. We handle that. We'll make it work. You don't want to thank and praise together? Well, just go out of order somewhere. That's all right. The more of us sign up, the more of us make a commitment, the more powerful this is going to be. We've got day slots. We've got night slots. We've got middle-of-the-night slots. I'm not crazy. I know I'll probably be up here 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. It's okay. I'm a night person. But maybe you say, you know what, Pastor? I'm, I'm up there. I, get, you know, I normally get up and go to work at 5. I can get up an hour early and come in. Man, you know how awesome that would be for me? And, man, I'd love that. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're like me. I, I only work one day a week. And, and 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 so you know, may, maybe maybe your job allows you that you can say, you know what, Pastor, I'll take some of the overnight stuff. I, I can sleep late tomorrow. I, I'll stay up late. Or maybe you'll say, you know what, other people work; they got to go back to work on the second. I I'll make sure that we get that daytime hours covered. I'll, I'll be there for an hour or two. The more of us do it, the easier is it going to be. I want you to take his I want you to sign up for as many hours as you can do. Right now, don't worry about filling the time. I'll make sure the time gets filled. I want to see as many hours as possible. I want to see as many time frames as possible. You know, I I, I would love to see, I'd love to see us. You know, if 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 all of us did it, we could all we could all do it an hour apiece, and we'd probably have Half of it covered tonight. 
as we go through this month, and we'll be talking about this, and we'll be letting giving people a chance to sign up, wouldn't it be great if we looked at the list at the end and we had 60 people? There are times we got four people up here praying. Some, some hours we may only have one. But wouldn't it be great that we could say our church did this? Not just a few people, our church. I'm going to pray a closing prayer, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you as we close to come to the front, take one of these pens, and sign up to pray. Find you an hour that you think you can do, sign up to pray, because I believe God wants to do something awesome. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you for what I believe 2019 is going to bring to us through this prayer. Lord, I pray that you would, would anoint us as we seek you. Lord, let this prayer list fill up, Lord Jesus, with those who are willing to do and willing to pray. Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Shake hands. Be friendly. Tell someone you love them. Everybody, God loves them. You're dismissed. Make sure you come and sign up for the prayer, the, uh, the prayer night. You're dismissed.